There we go. We're live. We are live. Okay, there it is. Finally on my end. And welcome to another episode of the Woods Water Mizzou podcast. I'm one of your co-host, Skeeter, along with me as usual, are Case and Cole. How y'all doing? Good. How do y'all? Uh, fellas, uh, for all sports ended, it is a busy week on the podcast. It is. It's a busy week, uh, man. It's just been... I've, I feel like we haven't recorded in two weeks, and it's only been a week, like our normal week, and there's just been a ton that's happened. Everything yeah. happened. Uh, let's go ahead and start with the most recent sport in baseball. Uh, they they go down to Alabama and get eliminated. Uh, close game to Auburn. They, they didn't just lay down. They still had some fight. Yeah. But over the... Weekend, uh, Coach Steve Beezer was let go after seven years, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, there's it's kind of 50-50 on the Twitter.com about, like, you know, it was good to see him go or, you know, people understanding its wins and losses. And then there's the other half that really liked him and uh, just – Stating the fact in SEC baseball, we are the bottom uh, program yeah. and, and whatnot. Just uh, the Vanderbilt coach is the only coach in the SEC makes over two million dollars a year salary, and our program as a whole spent two point four million coaches' salary, everything on the season. So that's our budget. So it's. The guy coming in has his work cut out for him. So, on the whole Steve Beezer thing, I kind of see it both ways. I don't think he was given a real fair shake uh, budget-wise compared to the rest of the SEC. Um, And players really seem to like him. They seem to play for him. And honestly, he put together a really good team this year. He, we, we just got snake bit by injuries. The, you know, I mean, we said it a thousand times. But the bullpen was absolutely just depleted uh, by SEC play, and you saw that the Auburn game was kind of a microcosm of all that. Uh, guys hit well. There were home runs, but we just couldn't keep in the park because our bullpen ran dry. Um, here's my thing. Uh, DRF, and DRF we trust uh, after what she did with basketball – I think she is going to put a lot more money and effort into the baseball program, but I think she wants to do it with her guy. Yeah. Uh, and that's not uncommon for ADs at all. Um, you know, there's already rumors circling out there. Um, Rob Vaughn, the current Maryland coach who just won the Big Ten, is a really hot name. It's getting linked to her. Um, and you know what? I like. I really did like Steve. Um I hate this how it's happened, but if this is how we're going to rebuild baseball, is if an AD getting her guy in there and then putting her funds, you know, the school's funds into it, this is how it has to happen. It's hard. It's hard to be a holdover in this world. Yeah, and I mean, we mentioned it. I went back and actually on on my way back from West Virginia this past week, went back and listened to, you know, the episodes in which we were talking about this and kind of speculating. Oh, is you know, bees are going to get canned? Is um, you know, is he just going to ride out his last year? Is you know. Miss Reed Francois gonna focus her attention elsewhere. Um, got your answer now, um, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it is kind of what I thought. I, I, I was not shocked by it. Um, it's a, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, a million dollars is a lot of money. 
but in the world of Power 5 athletics, um, a million dollars is kind of a drop in the bucket. So with all that being said, um, it does not surprise me that he got canned. Um, I know there were a lot of people that were kind of on the fence that had mentioned, well, you know, you know, they made the SEC tournament this year, um, even given all the injuries that they had within the pitching rotation. Um, you know, had some really, really special players, you know, Luke Mann, Hank Seisler, all these guys that were playing really, really good ball. Our two boys, Ty and uh, Dylan, that, you know, had – had pretty darn good years. Um, you know, it's sad to see it kind of come to an end for them in this way. I know that, you know, Ty had Steve, you know, Coach Beezer all four years. And so it's just, uh, I don't know, that's the nature of the business, man. But I'm not, I'd be lying if I said that I wasn't just a little bit excited on what's going to unfold from this. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was reading online and there's an article on the st louis today website and this was something i was not aware of i don't know if, if y'all are aware of it i'm just going to read off of it real quick it says a key development occurred earlier this month reed francois hired a new associated uh, athletic director to oversee fundraising blair de borg he's young 32 but for lack of better terms a baseball guy he was a all-Big 12 catcher at K-State. He worked in athletics at K-State, UNLV, Tennessee, most recently Memphis. He ran the 2017 baseball coaching search at the University of Tennessee, and we all know how that turned out. Yeah. Do you so, – uh, Can he recruit too? Just can he, can he recruit? Well, connection, <laughs> uh, why right. the Rob Vaughn from Maryland is so hot is they play together at K-State. So that is why the Maryland coach is on the hot list right now. Is it seems like that is his guy. Was Rob Vaughn a pitcher? Do we know what he played? I think Rob Vaughn was also a catcher. I think they're in the same catching staff. Oh, okay. But another article I read, and it was like four potential candidates. And one I'm kind of like the idea of is the Arkansas pitching coach. Uh, He's a Mizzou alum, Mizzou. Uh, former Mizzou pitcher, I believe his last name's Hobbs, but he's put the most pitchers in the Major League Baseball at his tenure in Arkansas, and uh, I believe the old ballpark in Columbia there, it's it's a little bit of a pitcher-friendly park, especially in you know the beginning of, of season. You get colder air. The ball don't travel as far, so... If he can bring some somebody like that that could bring some arms in and develop them, uh, that would be something real exciting. I mean, obviously Arkansas is I, – I wouldn't say they're like a Vandy tier of baseball, but they're right there on the upper echelon of, of baseball programs. So somebody coming from that culture I wouldn't be opposed to. No, absolutely not. And uh, it seems like the guys that – it's, I mean, he Mizzou grad, he knows the area, knows the SEC. It seems like that would be a good transition into building something. Uh, yeah. I think that's a good hire as well. I think there's a few good options they can go to. Uh, mentioned Ballpark, and I don't know. Uh, our friend at 573, uh, he actually tweeted something there. That I thought was interesting because everyone's saying, hey, new coach, we need, we need a better ballpark, better facilities. And he was like, why not put that money in the NIL and, you know, pay, get good players here? And I thought that's that's not a terrible 
way to look at it is, you know, maybe that donor money, instead of giving it to the school for that, give it into NIL fund for the baseball team so they can attract some good ball players and work from there. Uh, but that's all ideas. I just thought was an interesting spin on it. Yeah, I mean, Taylor Stadium, there's been so much uh, over the years talking about how it's, you know, not it's it's not an ideal facility. I mean, it's, it's up on, on top of that hill, catty corner to, you know, the practice facilities on the backside of, you know, which is not a very prominent one. Like, they moved the, uh, the softball stadium from kind of tucked back in that corner behind the practice fields to right there. I mean, they... They basically made a field right smack dab in the middle of the parking lot, catty corner to the Hearns um, that you can see driving right by, right by it on stadium. Um, so I don't know if that's something that they look at. I don't. I don't think that would be um, anything that they would lean towards just because it. I mean, baseball stadiums are huge. You know what I mean. So it's not like you're going to take away all that parking that you would have for the Hearns and for Mizzou Arena and for you know football games. But at the same time, I don't know. You level the other two and. You may get that park for field. There you go. There you go. Or turn the inside of the Hearns into an indoor baseball stadium. No, that's going to be a hockey rink for the hockey team. True. That is true. I'll take that. <laughs> I'd, be, hey, I'd be down. I'd be on board with that for sure. Well, the, the, the good news here to me is that it's uh, Reed Francois that's leading all this and no longer Jim Sterk. So I'm very optimistic. Good point, Skeeter. And you saying that sparked something in my head that Cole was talking um, about how Cole was like, I think she's going to move on from Beezer and get a new coach. And th- is that not – I think in my mind I was almost still in the Jim Sterk era where it was very much wait and see. We always we always waited and see, you know. And um, DRF's not like that. DRF is, I know what I want. Let's do it now. Let's not waste any more time and let's do it. And, I mean, Skeeter is a good point. Is We're in the DRF era, so – it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen. You know, it's yeah. it's not gonna we're not gonna wait around. We're not gonna see how the market is. We're gonna go do it. So we're we gonna be doing this here again in like what four or five months with drink. I mean, do you want to segue into the next topic with that one? <laughs> we I, can, I, I was just thinking about I that. Mean, like, it's got to be putting it. drink on the hot seat. You know, he he's got to be feeling the pressure because. He's about the only coach left that, that from when she came in. Uh, I guess maybe Coach Robin on women's basketball would be in there too. But uh, softball too, right? Got to be feeling the pressure. Softball, and, wrestling, coach. I mean, you can't get rid okay, of the wrestling so, program. Man, he's the no, coach. no. But Drinkwitz um, was definitely in the in the headlines and the limelight, uh, and really. It was bullshit. Uh, excuse my French. We usually try not to talk like that on here, but it was bullshit. Uh, you you have a clown wannabe uh, media guy take handpicked tidbits and put it out to you know put a bad spin on Drinkwitz, and everybody and their mama was jumping on it and running, including other Mizzou podcasts. Other, you know, Mizzou media members that are supposed to be, you know, Tigers raw, <laughs> you know, but like they they took that chance to to bash Drinkwitz and Case talking with you, I, I kind of made the point like I really feel like half the fan base and the media 
get their enjoyment out of Mizzou failures. Like that's what they love about being a Mizzou Tiger fan. Like the big time losses, you know, the, the looking bad in the media uh, nationally. And even once the full comment come out and people could see the whole context of what he was saying to where it was nothing bad about the NIL money, they still doubled down on their takes of him. They did. And, what upset me the most about this whole thing was uh, it was a super innocent comment, and it was something he's been praised for before. Uh, Mizzou is one of the first schools who brought in it's a former football player. It's not Martin Rucker. Who is it? There's a former football player who came in who, who schools these guys on what to do with your money. Like, hey, this money's coming in. This is what you need to do with it, you know, because you got to pay taxes on this. There's a lot going into this. And the way this has been stretched, that's that is what Drink is talking about. Drink is talking about that these guys are making a lot of money, a lot of money for 18, 19 year olds, a lot more money than I was making as 18, 19 year old. Just because they're a far better athlete like a dream of being does not mean that they have like business sense beyond that, you know? They're still 18, 19 year olds. All he's saying is that players come here, we're going to school them on finances, on taxes. So they're not out to sea like this, you know. How bad would it be? Is you get all this money, you get a great nil deal, you don't know, you don't you don't pay your taxes, you mess up, you do something, you make a bad investment, and then you're in a worse shape than you were before you got the money. All we're doing, all he's talking about doing, is making sure these guys get, you know, get the education they need to help with this money. I, I hell, I would need that in a situation. Everyone would. I would take that now, you know. Yeah, um, no kidding. I'm just mind blown by the. Out backlash. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, and let's back this up. The question was about college players gambling. You know, I, I don't remember word for word what it was, but it was asking about college players getting these NIO deals and gambling. And everything he said was to help them figure out what to do with their money and not not be influenced by bad influences. No one's taking their money. There's there's a, a big vol, uh, volunteers account was saying like a middleman. We're, we're going to scrape the money off him. I don't understand that. Nowhere did he mention that. There's a lot of ideas going around with this, and I it's just it's all it's all PS. It, it doesn't make any Dude, sense. Here's the thing I gather from when a when something like that goes out and goes like I'm not going to say it goes viral because I consider viral and like you know the tens of millions of impressions and, you know, hundreds of thousands of interactions. But this is, you know, in the sports world, if you narrow it down, narrow the focus down to the sports world, this is something that semi went viral. I mean, today ESPN college football was, you know, had thumbnails of Drinkwitz and then with other, you know, quotes that he had, uh, he had been said, here's what drives me nuts is you take something like that that was said and you consider that, imagine a spider web, right? So that's the center of the spider web. And you click on that and you start looking down each each individual, like, I guess, avenue of somebody that has an opinion or something. I mean, you just mentioned one case. You could go down to, like, the deepest, darkest parts of the Internet, you know, to make it sound like, you know, Drinkwitz is he's stealing money from these players. Yeah. And, he, you know, not only that, but he doesn't think he they deserve to get paid. And, you know, it's yeah. just it, I think Barstool said that. Oh, dude, Barstool. The worst. A couple of their, like, um, you know, under the Barstool umbrella, Unnecessary Roughness and, you know, 
all these other guys that um you know tweet uh it seems like they jump all over you know drinklets for everything and not only that but i think somebody had also said today they're these are the same accounts that are like oh my gosh you know luther burden's leaving after year one well unnecessary absolutely was one. right yeah yeah exactly they were one of them uh, it's exhausting good heavens um that kind of point i had on here i want to make as well that leads me to that next one why are we constantly a punching bag uh and you, you know, I know it's. I know we're biased. We see this a lot. But let's. You made a really good point. The the on three Luther story, which was rooted in nothing. He yeah. wiped his social media. Like I said, with the money thing, he he was an eighteen year old kid. Yeah. Dude, girls, friends, family stuff. His that face be, on a bag of chips. His face is in on the a grocery bag. store, dude. <laughs> yeah, I had He's an Amazon some last old. week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it could be for anything. Right. Um the the K the ducking KU story, which the the guy that runs the bowl game said, "No, he won Arkansas because they're right there, and we knew we'd get more fans." You know what I mean? Yeah. Brett we didn't ask Yes. Yeah. yeah, Brett McMurphy. Um, on three, Brett McMurphy, and then uh, this Ross guy. That's that's that is the three biggest times we've been in the news. You know what I mean? If it wasn't since, for those, d- dude, since football season ended, yes, it's been five months. You can't tell me that's not deliberately picking like picking us. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like that's ridiculous. That's it a is. lot of things. 100%. Um why do you Okay, I'm the first to admit. I love Mizzou, my entire my 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 favorite college sports program ever. I know we're not Alabama and you know I know we're not UNC in basketball. I know we're not Vanderbilt in baseball. I know we're we're not a bad program, but I know we are middle of the road on most things. We should fly under the radar constantly. Why are we constantly getting brought up in these things? Well, dude, and here's what drives me absolutely insane is, you know, 20, uh, 2013, 2014, the, you know, the most recent years that, like, we celebrate, you know, great success within the football program. If you were to transplant that 10 years into the future, so, you know, time now, right, 2023, can you, like, can you imagine how opposite the script would be? you know, from all these, like, area, metro, St. Louis area, metro area um, news outlets, Kansas City metro area news outlets, and, you know, the ones that are in the avenues and alleyways of, you know, the sports world. Can you imagine how much different it would be? Dude, they would be riding the coattails of Mizzou success rather Absolutely. than, like, oh, well, look what Drinkwood said this time. And, you know, yeah. it just, it drives me nuts how the second that Mizzou has any kind of success, they're going to, you know, Oh, they and, saw that we saw this year with Gates. You know what I mean with yes, Coach Gates. Yes. The, you know, last year with Conzo Martin, it was you know dumpster fire, and they were just being the most negative people ever. And then as soon as that flips, they're right. Oh, you know, watch out for Mizzou and you know the tourney this year. And oh my gosh, you know, look at the turnaround in the SEC tournament. It drives me nuts, dude. Yep. Um, and Skeeter, I don't, I don't want to keep pushing you off here, but this is something you talked about earlier. That I I did want to go over. Kind of on our podcast, why I like that we do the podcast. Um, obviously, we're three guys that uh, this, this all came because we like we all met show through Mizzou and we liked outdoors. And it's something we kept talking about. We figured there had to be other guys interested and people interested in this. Um, but also, is we're Mizzou fans. We're not. There's no a journalistic bone in anyone's body on here. 
and we are not going to ever jump to conclusions because uh, someone we perceive is a bigger journalist on social media uh, said something. And I don't have to tell you what I'm talking about. I'm, if you're a Mizzou fan on Twitter, you know, you know what you've seen I'm talking about. So a lot of outlets is we're not we're always going to take the Mizzou road on things. And we're always going to give a, you know, I'll, I'll say a Mizzou biased look on things. And that sounds, that's, if that's something, if you don't want that, there's plenty of podcasts for that. But it seems like we're one of the few that are going to really give you a fan perspective on things. And uh, I'm, I'm glad we, I'm glad we do this. I, and right now, it's, it's like, I really enjoy this because. Yeah. I mean, if you want to get lost on the road of speculation, yeah. I'm sorry, but you're probably going to need to find another podcast. Um, if you want us to just like talk about it and give our own personal opinions and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram and stuff like that and give us your opinions. Hey, go for it, man. That's what we're here for. It's just, I don't, I don't see the need to be a do Mizzou show and then be super negative on Mizzou all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's, that's not fun for me. That'll come after the games. <laughs> <laughs> that Auburn podcast was rough this year. <laughs> that game still haunts me. The optimism is high right now. So, yeah. uh, oh well, yeah, of course. Staying in football. Uh, quick note: scheduling. Uh, let's see. K State is a 11 a.m. kickoff. Not too excited about that. The Saturday before that, Middle Tennessee, seven o'clock kickoff. But opening weekend is moved to Thursday night again for South Dakota State. I like that move. I do too. Uh, I know Case hates it, but I like it. It's good. You know, it's a good move. It just as a salesman, the last day of the month is like the worst day of the year, like worst yeah. day of the month. So I've, I got to balance that. But no, it's it's good. Uh, it's good true. for the program. True. If it was, I guess if it was like you know, if the oh, calendar last, lined up. And yeah, was, last year was great for me. It was on the yeah. first day of the month. Super yeah. easy. You're like, mm, I could probably take off today. <laughs> yeah. So I got to work a full day and then just haul tail. To yeah. Columbia. <laughs> For me, it gets us in a bigger spotlight, so it helps grow the brand. Uh, and it's Labor Day weekend, correct? So students uh, have a lot of, you know, a long weekend, and a lot of them are going to be leaving campus on Saturday. And as our friend Brett Sarver says, like, it allows you to sit on your ass Saturday and watch a million different games and not be committed to going to Faro and just watching the Tigers. Dude, and you miss out on lake. You know what I mean? Yeah, go that, hit Lake I, of the Ozarks. Cole, I think that's why they do it. Dude, that's the state's I, 100%, biggest. 100%. That's, that's, 100%, that's, that's our dude. state's big leisure activity. weekend at Lake of the Ozarks. Any of them. Label, or lake of the Ozarks, Table Rock. I mean, Skeeter, that's down near your neck of the woods. Uh, Mark Twain Lake. No, well, there you go. I, I want to shout out Smithville Lake. Yeah, Smithville Lake. <laughs> but, like, that, that's like the final hurrah of summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. And would you rather be out on a boat, having a couple, you know, cold ones, you know what I mean? Or would you rather be, I mean, either one sounds good to me, honestly, with, you know, 60,000 fans. I'd take But it's hot. Right. I mean, you know, that's, most people would. Style, but at the same time, like, if you can have your game at night, it's a comfortable, um, you know, atmosphere. It's like 75 and not 95. Um. Yeah, dude, and I'm 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 all for it personally. No, it's a good move. It's the scheduling bumps me personally, but for the, it's a great move for the school yeah. program. 
And also, another piece of football information, I saw an article where Luther is getting moved to slot. I don't know if we've talked about this before or not. Uh, I think that is going to be awesome to have his size and his, his speed and his skill set. Uh, love love Luther Burr. I just hope his hands are a little bit more consistent this year because – you know, there there were times last year, and I don't, I don't think it's necessarily just his skill of catching. I think he was, you know, looking where he's running or who's coming to hit him before he catches the ball. And, uh, yeah, These but that SEC gives probably hit harder than high school kids. That gives <laughs> Miller and Theo Weiss on the outside, uh, and then you Cooper? get Looper if he comes in. Cooper, yeah. Uh, I, re- I really kind of look for some four wide sets with Luther and Cooper kind of being mm-hmm. your inside guys because Mookie's got some fluid hips to him there. Like he can he can do some switching well, dude, and tight spaces. If you get Burden, Cooper, and Weiss in a trip set, there's so much you can do off of that man. You know what I mean? Like you have the shiftiness thread of. You know, Luther and Mookie, um, you got the deep threat, of course, of in the jump ball threat of Theo Weiss. Yeah, but we'll, we'll kind of save that for a little bit or, you know, a little bit later down the line. But um, And then the Manning kid broke the state record on long yeah, jump that's Josh coming Manning. in for receivers. So, like, <laughs> Josh Manning's going to be a stud. I'm, yes. I'm always excited for KC kids, but he he fits the bill. Peanut Side. Houston, you know, they say good things about him all the time. So it's like, gosh dang, we need, <laughs> we need some more spots. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I want to see all these guys on the field at all the time, you know. I'm glad they showed the O-line up. Who's the kid down in Texas that um, I think he won the 5 or 6A state um, track? I think he's Speedy, Speedy Queese or something like that on um, – the Flash. Yeah, his and he's an alumni too, right? His dad played here. What? I think so. He's a. Th- I know he's a three star kid, but I know he is fast. No, man. and he's the kind of three stars I like because I feel like people get too caught up in the rankings and right. they don't look at someone who has just an outrageous skill set like that. Yep. You know what for I mean? sure. Well, let's go ahead and transition to basketball now. Uh, two, well, I guess three pieces of news. First off. Caleb Love, see ya. No love lost. And secondly, <laughs> the saga's all, over. Thank you, Lord. The, love, the saga's over. All the love for Kobe Brown. Uh, man, it's kind of hard. I'm, I'm not a real emotional guy, you know, but like, I was kind of pulling on the heartstrings. His video there, you know, saying, announcing he's foregoing his collegiate eligibility and going chasing the NBA and you cannot blame him and nothing but love. He's, I, I saw a tweet and I think it's the perfect way to sum it up. There are going to be generations of kids that say they grew up a Mizzou fan because of Kobe Brown. Yeah. hundred percent. 100%. Man, he's, I've had the pleasure of meeting him and he is so, he's so genuine. Like I even, I think I even tweeted that out at the end of the season that, when they came up to visit at work and all that good stuff. I mean, he's just such a good dude. And you're absolutely right. There will be generations of people that are like, oh, yeah, you know, why are you a Mizzou fan? Well, this guy named Kobe Brown. Um, yeah. And he's 
yeah, he's awesome. Forever Tiger. I think the only thing he could have done to cement his legacy further as a Tiger would be to come back. Um, but he needs to go chase that dream 100%, especially if he's getting pretty good grades, which I'm assuming he's getting pretty good grades right now. Um, you top, know. top 50 picks are guaranteed salaries in the NBA, and that's that's what he was waiting on, was yep. to see if he's going to fit in the top 50, and I think he's a lock on that. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. You know what? And I agree. He would love for him to come back, but this is only good for the school. It's only good for the program. I mean, we go watch our guy go out there. I think he's going to have a good NBA career. I think he fits the NBA mold really, really well, um, especially now that he's shooting three, you know, up that percentage. So he's going to go out there. He's going to be a great ambassador for Gates' program. Uh, you know, first of all, happy for him. I'm going to be a huge fan of whoever he goes, plays for. Um, but then have another player out there. Have another Clarkson out there for us. Have another MPJ. Yeah. yeah that's just – that's great for us. It's, it's good to put guys in the league. You know, yeah. and in the finals, hey, Michael Porter Jr. Finals. And in the finals, Counts. I'm not Counts. even really an NBA fan, but I'm about to be as soon as Kobe gets drafted. I, actually, the same way. I really only watch Mizzou basketball, and for me, it's because uh, I have to have a local team to really care about it. You know, right? I mean, for me, it's, it's Mizzou Chiefs, Royals, um, and then uh, basketball I have is Mizzou. But yeah, having Kobe, gonna have to follow him really closely. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna be really excited about that. And, you know, he, he wasn't statistically one of the Mizzou greats. I think him sticking with the program through the coaching change, through the tough years, yeah. and, and the guy he was off the court, uh, you know, I, I've never read or heard a bad thing about Kobe Brown. And Kobe Brown, the person, deserves his number up in the Raptors, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, um, I can't argue with that. I don't know how they retire numbers anymore, but um, I know after after a certain like after like 2001, they put like really hard guidelines in because they were retiring too many football numbers. For real? Um, Is yeah, that a real thing? Out, yeah, I love Brock Olivo, but people got mad that they retired his number because his stats were good, but they weren't amazing. And that's they put dumb. in like really aggressive guidelines that your number retired at Mizzou. Like Max Scherzer, I think, is the only one that's got his number retired since then. Oh, so it's just you're talking about it's just a Mizzou thing. Yeah, oh, yeah, no, just a Mizzou thing. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, It's a rabbit up. hole I got on Power Mizzou back when I was a member about two years ago. Oh, yeah. um, I'm not doing that. I also completely sorry, forgot yeah. what my <laughs> what my point not was. No, Kobe, <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm back I'm back on track now, back on track. Uh, yeah, I, great person. You're, I think you're right. His legacy is that he stuck around for the start of the Gates era, and he was the catalyst that got Gates off the ground, you know? Without yeah. him, we had great players, but he was, you know, a catalyst we did for that. Um, it's going to hurt without him, but I think uh, I think this team's solid, so we'll see what can happen, you know? Well, there there are reports, multiple reports, not a report, of the former Arkansas player who transferred to Oral Roberts that's seven foot and change. Uh, yeah. He, he, <laughs> it's bad when somebody can stand next to Case and it looked like Case standing next to me. <laughs> like, foot on me. That's that's Dude, not yeah. normal. Good. I need hurt. But that would be a big guy that everybody's been hollering for. Also, reminder: we have a freshman coming in that's a seven footer. Is he? Uh, I think he's. I think Rivals lied. 
<laughs> he's six they're nine. In, they're, they're anticipating him to be seven feet tall. Yeah, because okay. like, well, okay, you know, because you like, were you right. To... At one point, it said on Pierce's profile, it said seven foot, and then it was six eleven, and then it was six ten, and it's like six nine now. <laughs> <laughs> like it just he got progressively yeah, shorter. What they're doing is, you know how like. You know, when you were a kid at the pediatrician's office, they're like, well, you know, he's in the 95th percentile. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. He's projected to be 6'2". That's what they're going off of. They weren't actually measuring You never him. said his name. It's Connor Vanover. Connor yeah. Vanover is the one coming in. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, he's here. Visit. He's in Columbia. I'm going to go he's find here. him tonight. Yeah. We get done with this. I'm going to go find him. Should not be able to find Right? <laughs> Stick out like a, like a pillar. Um that's a really device, divisive topic right now because a lot of Mizzou fans don't want him. Uh, I think the reason they don't want him is because Jeremiah Tillman kind of balled on him, you know, uh, yeah. when he was when we had that that one really good Conzo year in COVID. And I get that he didn't look good against us, but he's been playing for a minute. He's got a ton of experience, and he is big, and we need height. Well, and you know when he when Jeremiah Tillman balled on him, uh, keep in mind that Vanover was being coached by Musselman, so yeah, that might be the reason. I don't know, maybe. If he's gonna but, get here though, get here now because Gates seems to be a great developer, and I want all that Gates influence on him ASAP. Yeah, he he is a tall, linky guy. I have seen him in person at the. Game in Bud Walton two years ago, we were getting killed, and he actually had to come off the bench and play. And it is like when he's out there against Colby Brown, you can see the body, the physique difference. difference. You know, yeah. just yeah, it's a lot uh, of yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot to get up and down the court. Anything else on Mizzou sports that we haven't touched? Um, I know June opens um, official visits again, I believe. I'm almost almost positive. Um, but that kind of gets the ball rolling again. I know our 23 class is uh, 23 football class is on campus. Um, I know like you know Kazai Jabari moved on or moved in. Um, so everybody should be should be here. That's um. It's crazy how fast it goes. I mean, it's, it still seems like, you know, football season's forever away, but. It's like, coming. Before you know it. Right. It's like coming. Last months, day of August, man. really. In that, it's June 1st, the last day of August. You know what I mean? That's not right. that far off, really. Yeah, if you're not watching this live, by the time that you either are watching or listening to this, it's June. So, yeah, um, yeah that's a, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty wild, man. That's, I think that's probably the last thing I got. Um. Yeah, I don't think I got anything else. Well, let's, let's outdoors. Check. Yeah, I was gonna say let's go to outdoors. It was Memorial Day weekend. Uh, beautiful weather, great weather. Uh, Case, what'd you do? Uh, I tried my hand at a new uh a new thing for me. I did a 3D archery tournament. Um, and I gotta tell you, I gotta tell you guys, I was I was really into it. So this whole thing started was because, uh, as you listen to the show, you know I, I whiffed on a deer last year with my bow. Um, and after the season, I made a pretty conscious effort that I'm going to spend as much time with this bow as possible. Uh, really just, you know, because I, I, I feel like maybe I, was, I was unprepared, which I probably was. And so I just did not want to be in that situation again. And uh, I go into my uh, local pro shop here, Roger Sporting Goods, 
and um, they got a guy there, just God knows everything about Bo back and forth. And I go, man, like, what should I do? I told him the same thing I told him the show. I said, what should I do? And he goes, get in a 3D. Get in a 3D. I love it. It's, it's my big hobby. You should get in a 3D. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. And um, there really wasn't one super close to me. Um, south of River in Harrisonville has got a really big one, but that's that's a it's, it's it's actually not that long of a distance. But I gotta go through the city. It's a thing I just don't like doing. Um, I was at work three weeks ago, and I was in one of my gas stations uh, in Lathrop, Missouri, and that little pin board that was having, and you know, in a rural gas station, there was a Memorial Day 3D archery shoot at Buzzards Ridge in Maysville, Missouri. I took a picture of it, and I was thinking about it, and I was thinking about it. Eventually, I told the wife, I was like, hey, I think I'm just going to go out there and try this out. Uh, and I'll be honest, I was I was pretty nervous about it the whole time. It's something I've never done before. You know, it's it's always weird going into something that you're just not quite sure what the protocol is or, you know. So I, I eventually got the – even that before, I was like, man, I'm going to dip on this. No, I went out. I did it. Uh, everyone there could not have been cooler. Buzzers Ridge is uh, – it's a brand new. That was their first ever public shoot. They were awesome. They had a great, uh, they had a great range set in, you know, 10 or 20, 30, 40, 50 to get dialed in. Um, they, they put this all together since late April. I think they said late April is when they, they started doing this whole thing, man. You could not tell that it was done that quickly. Uh, they had some really cool light to dark shoots, high to low. They had, they had some targets of, uh, I put, I put one on our Facebook. It was like a giant beetle. Um, mm-hmm. just weird stuff like that was cool. They did some cool stuff with, uh, had a bedded down buck, uh, target that they had you up above a Creek and they had the buck way down nestled here next to a tree. And so you're shooting in the light through the dark. Uh, and it, it just made for a really fun shot. Um, they had a, a upright bear target, which I was, I was pretty proud about. That was a fun, that was a fun shot for me. I actually ended up getting a 12 on that one. But um, bullseye. But uh, when you do this, so you don't get to go look at the target. You get your binoculars out, and you you know you got to try and figure it out. And it was in the dark. I couldn't really see where the pattern was. Mm-hmm. Which I got to tell you, coming back to it next time, that's one thing I'm going to improve on is knowing where the patterns are. Very first target, I just shot where I assumed the target pattern was. <laughs> It was a fine shot, but I was aiming like the wrong side of the target. <laughs> kind of makes a difference. It yeah. certainly does, right? So, yeah. like, well, sh- crap, there's a five right there. That could have, you know, it's a bad score. Anyways, I'm figuring, like, look at this bear. You know, it's upright like this. I'm like, I bet, it, I bet it's somewhere in here. I don't know. I know my score is going to be great. So I just, you know, let it, let it up, let it rip. Like, that wasn't bad. I walk up and get closer. I'm like that wasn't too bad at all. I was like oh hell, I bullseyed that thing. Let's go. Nice. <laughs> but yeah. no, um, cool stuff. They had a next to a pond. They had a gar, and it was real long, about about yay, you know, tall. Real short shot. They had a cart behind that at about twenty, then thirty. You had to do like boom, 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 and succession like that. Now it was cool, man. I I gotta tell you, and I am obsessed right now. I'm I'm watching YouTube videos on this stuff, <laughs> and uh, I'm I'm talking about it all the time. They got a, a shoot coming up on Father's Day. If you're up in the Northwest Missouri area, meet me up there. Let's go. I'm trying to get I'm trying to get these guys to go with me. Maybe yeah. do a Woodswater Mizzou shoot. But man, it is fun, and I'll be honest, guys, I like it because it it really does gap hunting season you know what i mean right i'm not bringing anything home but i'm competing and competition is a big part of hunting for me you know i was Mm -hmm. i was raised an athlete and it's something that just in my blood and i I gotta get out you know 
So it bridges that. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to get out there, try new shots. And I do, I do think it, uh, it sharpens you. Um, if anyone does it, if anyone's curious, I did the hunter class. So that was without a range finder. I had to range it myself. Um, Mm. Man, that definitely hurt my scores in the beginning. But towards the end, I knew exactly where 30 yards was. Um, I'm kind of, I mean, you know, I went there to get better and I got better. Maybe I'll go with range fire next time. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I kind of like, I kind of like the difficulty of having to, you know, figure out the distance. So, man, it was a ton of fun. I'm definitely going back. That's something I'm going to be really into. So, I got two questions on that. Number one, um, were you. I'm assuming you were a part of like some kind of group or at least paired up, right? Like a flight? Yeah. No, they, I just got to go on my own. No kidding. I so could have. Not... If, if, if like I had a buddy with me, they would have mm-hmm. sent me out like that. But it played a lot like golf. Is they A lot of these big groups, um, there was actually some outdoor YouTubers in front of me. Oh, um, cool. they let me like They let me go by because they were filming every shot. There were six of them in there. They were filming every shot. Um, like golf, they let me play through, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're going to hold up. You go through and... You know, everyone I did that with, they were super cool. Um, nice. I mean, a good, just a good group of people. There's the guys out there. Uh, Dean was one of the guys put on. I talked to a lot. Um, a lot of the amenities for the shooters. I know it's not what he asked. I just want to throw it in there. Like, no, you're good. Free water, free water bottles at like a bunch of turns, which is nice. You don't see that a lot. They're just cool guys. But no, it was a great community. But sorry, go with your next question. No, you're good. And so then it, I guess off of that, it just operates off the honor system then. You know, this one definitely did. Um, the prizes were only medals, you know? You weren't yeah. winning, like, bow strings or something. They had that stuff, but it was a raffle. Basically, you just throw your scorecard into a bucket, they'd pull it out. Cool. I do believe the ones that, like, winner gets, like, 500 bucks, or winner gets, like, new bow strings, or winner gets, you know, a new bow. I would imagine that there is, like, an official... They, they put you in groups of a flight, and someone's the official scorekeeper. This one, the prize, the prize was a, was a you know was a medal. You know, if you want to achieve yeah. that that bad, come on, like grow right? Up. You know what I mean? It's like the guys that got caught, you know, stuff which was on a much much larger yeah. scale. But the guys stuffing, you know, the walleye with, you know, bass fillets and you know weights and stuff like that. Do you guys ever Absolutely. listen to that? Uh, did you guys ever listen to that Meat Eater podcast about that about that? Episode? Yeah, I did actually. Dude. I was one of the few I listened All to. Right. But yeah, Skeeter, that's your homework. You need to listen to that podcast. It is phenomenal. It goes so in-depth. Dad and I listened to it on the way out to uh, to New Mexico. We went elk hunting. Um, dude, it's crazy. Like, it is so in-depth and gives you such a different view. And then, of course, gives you the guy who's hosting the tournament his view. Anyway, we got way off topic there. Uh, no, dude, that sounds like a fun time. And I've honestly been like... I've always been curious about 3D shoots just because, like you said, it, it keeps you sharp over the summer. You know, it's not, I'd imagine it's not easy because you're at least walking some sort of course. It's a summertime. It's hot. Um, and, you know, it's just good to, like I said, to get outside and stay sharp. My thing is, I, I really like to fish. And so that that kind of bridges my gap between turkey season. Oh, for and, sure. And, yeah. And frog yeah. gigging too, which we are. Again, this airs tomorrow uh, on in June. Frog gigging season in Missouri. That is right around the corner. It's coming up. But yeah. Absolutely. No, and, you know, um, as I mentioned, I hell, I'm, I still got another Colorado fly fishing trip. I'm doing more fly fishing here in Missouri. So it's not like I don't fish, but 
a lot of these bow, or a lot of these three targets, they like to tournaments. They like to do them three weeks in like a three week period, so at the summer <laughs> and spring and fall. So it is kind of nice because you can't you can't really do it every weekend. You know, these places they yeah. don't they don't want to get ready for one every single weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it does give you a little bit of time to kind of space them out. You know, you're not. Are like, they doing broadhead or um, field tip? Field points. These are all field, field points. points. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, no, but it's cool. It's really cool. It's something I definitely suggest you guys take a look at in your area. Yeah, I'd like to. I'm I'm gonna. I mean, I'll see what I can do. Um, I'm trying to, you know, save up my vacation right now because yeah. we got our next little one due um, here soon, and I, you know, work every weekend. But yes, yeah. we'll see. I might be able to switch a day or something like that. I'm gonna try and find one close to here too, because if I could get out, you know, get involved when in we, that um, right here. One of our, I can't remember who we had on. It was one of our guests, but they said they went to one in Columbia. Might have been. Was well, the, he was. I think uh, it was. I think it might have been Luke. But was Luke, Luke was talking about. Um, there's a outdoor archery range just east of town, just off WW. Um, it's like an American Legion um, outdoor range to where yeah. I think you can, you know, get up on a pillar or something like that. Speaking of, talked to him uh, this past weekend, and he's. Headed up at, well, should be in Purdue right now. Was it Lafayette, Indiana? Yeah. I think. Yeah. Should be in Lafayette now. So, Dad Gummit, Luke. Hurts, was still... hurts to lose him. But, you know, he's still staying in touch. So, that's awesome. I, I want to have him on after deer season out there. I to, So, I mentioned that to him, and he was like, oh, dude, absolutely. Oh, cool. Like, I 100% will do that. And I was like, cool, awesome. Cool, cool. Like, if that's, you know, well, I guess one silver lining that we get out of him leaving is another aspect of you know does indiana have better deer or missouri we'll gain a few produce subscribers maybe i don't know <laughs> i already know i already know the answer to that but no. <laughs> i'm just waiting to hear his his answer but cole That's what funny. did you do out outdoors um honestly not a whole lot because i had a wedding uh out of state i drove to west virginia friday morning bright and early and came back <laughs> sunday um and then went back to work Monday. However, um, before I mean, you know me, I gotta I gotta get something in outdoors every week. Uh, my daughter and I actually just went fishing tonight. We were in the truck today. I was like, "Hey, honey, you want to go fishing tonight?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay, we're Let's gonna go. do it then." So yeah, we went uh, just nearby, caught you know a couple um, couple bass, and you know it was just good to to get her outside. This pond that's kind of near us um, always holds a ton of geese, like. You know, there's geese dropping stains all over the sidewalks and stuff like that. But it was interesting to see them. They're all, you know, fuzzy and ugly. ugly. <laughs> <Right now. laughs> like, literally. It's, um, I don't know, but we just did a little fishing today, which was good. Um, she had a good time. Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I'm kind of light on the outdoor stuff this week. I've been thinking really hard about, uh, my brother-in-law were talking about this. About putting trail cameras out, but if you're gonna put your trail cameras out, then you need to have time to check them. So, uh, yeah, I put mine out. I used to put mine out year round before I had a kid because mm-hmm. I had time for it. Yeah, I'm thinking Fourth of July weekend. Yeah, I usually do first week of July because that way, I mean, right now, you know, the bucks have where's where are we at here? Well, you know, six eight inch. Their bases are developed. Their brow mm-hmm. times are developed. That's about it. They're going to change um, patterns six times before. My, my boss already has pictures of them outside the ears down here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is kind of what I would imagine too. You know, starting to form that main beam. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really care to have, cause you can't tell right now. Anyway, you can't tell who's who, what's what, you know, you could tell Buck and Doe, of course. Yeah. Um, and I, all, another thing that I, you know, most hunters won't even think of, I like to stay out of the woods while does are in their fawning period. Um, yep. I like to let the mamas, you know, raise their babies and not disturb them. I wouldn't want somebody, you know, disturbing me, my wife and, you know, our new little one. So yeah, uh, I'm going to, after probably... turkey season, I like to really just get all the heat off the land for a hot minute. Yep. A couple months or so. That's why I go fishing and frog gigging, man. Yeah. Absolutely. There's other <laughs> other sports to do. And 3D shoot. And 3D shoot. Man, I I gotta tell you guys, we're gonna, you're gonna hear a lot more about this in the podcast going forward because that's I'm, good. I'm obsessed with that. That I had a hoot and a half. Yeah, that's good. What about you, Skier? What'd you do this week? Well, for those that follow us on Twitter, that was my pictures of the campsite. Loaded the kids up, and we went found a little creek and pop the tent up and let the boys swim play in the water uh went and caught a few crawfish out of it and of course they're scared to death of them they called them lobsters (laughs) that's that's not a lobster it's good eating when you do it right but uh so yeah we we camped on out and i learned the hard way that Sleeping on the ground is not as fun at 36 as it was when I was a kid. <laughs> You've been rocking millier back, didn't you? I, oh, I w- you know, my back probably popped four or five times. I've had a few back injuries uh, in my 30s, uh, one of them in my 20s. But so yeah, my my back. I was really worried about my back. Hmm. Uh, I, I packed an air mattress and it blew up just fine. And about 15 minutes later, she comes to me. Air mattress ain't holding air. They never <laughs> like, do. I was like, no, this can't be. So I go plug it back in, you know, like you did something wrong. You did something wrong. <laughs> yeah. She didn't do anything wrong. Oh. And so just the old sleeping bag and hard ground. And, uh, Monday, man, my, my right shoulder was killing me. I'm like, <laughs> What in the world is that for? And then it was like, that's for sleeping on the freaking ground and all the toss. I toss and turn a lot in my sleep. So, uh, but it, it was a good time. And man, it's hard to beat, you know, coffee being percolated on an open fire and then mm-hmm. throw the old cast iron down and throwing you some bacon and uh, making some pancakes and then a little scrambled egg on there. Just something about that just hits, hits different, you know. Right. Uh, I agree. And so the the boys loved it. It got down in the 50s. The wife said she froze to death. And for me to never ask her to go in a tent again, unless <laughs> the low's in the 70s, I said, well, that's not good because where we live, if the low's in the 70s, the high's in the hundreds. Oh, easily, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, low hundreds, uh, for sure. You, you aren't going to get to enjoy that 70 for too long. No. Uh, you'll be sitting there like just soaked in sweat complaining about the heat. But, you know, I, I made mention a couple of weeks ago, we never got to touch on it, was our biggest hunting fails. And I, I kind of gave a little bit of mine. And we're still under an hour by 10 minutes here. So y'all want to do maybe a hunting fail of, of y'all's? 
Well, I want to hold on before I do before we do that. I want to touch on something that um, I'm going to start introducing my daughter to. My daughter just turned five. It's something that I did as a kid, dad and I, and my little brother and sister. Um, so I've mentioned multiple times, dad's a retired fishers biologist. And one thing that he did, you guys have ever heard, you guys have probably heard of a seine, right? Like yeah. a seine net. Yeah. Yeah. So we would go, we lived on, uh, you know, some private property. And we'd go, we'd go down to the creek and we would, you know, what dad would call the, uh, the crawdad stomp in the creek, right? Which was me and dad holding the seine net. And then Isaac, my brother and sister, Isaac and Claire, you know, stomping uh, upstream. And then, of course, once the, uh, you know, crawdads and minnows and stuff like that started floating with current, they'd go right down in the net. So I think that's one thing that I'm going to start um, doing with my daughter and, and introducing her to is uh, we're going to buy a seine. I think dad thinks he has one, but probably just buy one and, and introduce her to it and let her stomp around the creek and then, you know show her how you obtain those um you know those bait fish and then take them to you know go catch crappie and bluegill and bass and or you know bait up you know bait a minnow trap get some dog food and bait a minnow trap and then have your you know crawfish whatever but um that's one thing i think that we're also going to do once our once our new little one is here um to you know pass the time we had crawfish the other night at a restaurant, and my daughter called them dinner buggies. Dinner Picking buggies. Them up, going, dinner buggy. <laughs> she didn't. She wasn't afraid. Of, she didn't eat one, but she's like dinner buggy. You didn't have any straight tails, did you? No. Okay, well, that's good. That's so, good. Um, you can eat. You can eat three straight tails in a sitting and not get sick. Is that the number that, on them? Okay. <laughs> So the FDA says, Skeeter. That's what the FDA says. <laughs> that is a little Louisiana etiquette for you there. Okay. That's yeah. good to know. Uh, hunting fails. Man, I'll have to think about one. If y'all if y'all want to go first, have at it. Skeeter, you got one? Well, you know, Cole, you've talked about, I think, Case, you've talked about it too, where you kind of do a little e-scouting, uh, you know, going on your Google Maps or your your onyx or whatever hunting app you use and kind of look at ridge lines and trees and and whatnot and uh i only hunt public land here in arkansas i've only got an acre on on my place so it's not not big enough to hunt and i found found this spot and i found a ridge line of pine and and hardwood and there was a, a pretty easy parking like it was easy in easy out looked about 150 200 yards from where i would park and i'm like that's perfect you know for having to pack everything and pack everything out without a four-wheeler that's that's great and so i get there early like one o'clock in the afternoon go in and and find the ridge line it's kind of in a little valley there's a couple rubs scrapes and i'm like all right so I get my lock on, and I, I get up in a cedar tree and cut out some branches, and I get all set up. And I already have the vision of which way he's going to walk in, you know, and my shooting lane and all that. Like, I'm already envisioning it. Well, <laughs> something that I did not know that I now know, the parking area is a local shooting range. 
for just the general public into the national forest without a dirt berm, no signage, nothing. And so oh, I'm no. sitting out there and I hear a car coming down the road and then I hear him stop and get up by my truck and I'm like, another hunter. Well, hopefully they walk another direction. No, all of a sudden it's all hell cutting loose. And before too long, the bullets are whizzing. Literally, I can hear the bullets hitting the trees within feet of me. <laughs> and so during the gap of, of shots, uh, it would be multiple shots at a time. I tried to holler like, hey, cease fire. Well, I was just far enough away that my voice would not carry out through the woods to the parking lot for them to hear me. So I, they get out a 50 cal black powder and it sounds like tree branches just snapping before you hear the gunshot like pretty pretty intense so i just jump out of lock on like i take my my harness off and i literally jump down out of it and i lay down with my big ass head up to the base of the tree thinking like i can survive a gunshot to the leg or a foot or an arm but i can't survive it if i'm hitting the head and so i lay down and i call the the game warden line well the county I'm in, there's two two game wardens, so it goes to a one eight hundred number, and then it's computer automated. So screw that, call nine one one. I'm on the phone with her, and she's hearing the gunshots, hearing the bullets, and she's freaking out. She actually called me back twice on her personal number, waiting on a deputy to get out there because she was that worried about me. And come to find out, as a dad and seven boys. And each one had a gun firing in. Cow, dude. And, and the, they say, well, it's just the local shooting range, and uh, there's no signs or anything, but there's enough trees we know they'll stop bullets. So here it is, hunting season. An empty truck in a national forest, it's wildlife management area, and you just blindly fire into the woods. So gun education you know is That's right it's wild it's unreal a berm or a bank or anything to stop it. nothing trees no signage we have nothing. those there's one up pigeon hill up in st joe is what i've gone to before but yeah they, there's a man-made dirt wall that you, you should shoot into i've <laughs> never seen it just go into the trees like that. that's that's irresponsible <laughs> Yeah, he said there's enough trees that they know there's no houses back there, which it's several thousand acres of trees, like forests. So, yes, they're technically not yeah, going to man. hit a house, but... There's someone in those woods. Yeah. Uh, oh actually, I had a coworker was thinking about going hunting with me at that time, and I told him to work that... Or I told him at work that Monday about, and he goes, "But I'm not going hunting with you. <laughs> <laughs> not anymore. Not so, anymore. That, that, is, that is my biggest hunting fail for e-scouting and not asking any locals any questions or anything. And, yeah. Yeah, uh, that, so. uh, that's pretty I, – I don't have one. I'm going to have to think real hard. I'm not going to be able to give one on this episode that uh, – that can top that. Um, I do want case. I don't know if you got one or not, but for gotta, those that for those that may watch this, um, and maybe I'll take a picture of this shirt and tweet it out. If you, um, so this is going to be some of our shirts that our merch. merch merch drop on the back. It'll have uh, on the back up in between the shoulder blades. It'll have this. Where am I at here? That logo up there. Uh, the one oh. above case said. <laughs> 
Yeah, not the turkey. Not I the turkey like logo. <laughs> no, the one up by Case's head. Um, that will be on the back in between the shoulder blades. Uh, our buddies over at 573Ts are printing this, created the, uh, the logo, and um, and have these. So if you'd like one, you can uh, you can hit him up, and I'm sure he'll print one and, and get one shipped out to you. Yep, I need to get on that. All right, I got one story, and it's, I don't know, so much of a fail. It's just funny because I ended up catching a fish. So this is my my first one in Colorado this past year, but I didn't want to tell the story last time. I think because I was still worn out from coming back from the mountains. <laughs> I couldn't remember half my trip. Uh, first day I'm out there fishing with my buddy. Uh, this is and this is the fish that I, I, I think we put over social media, that, that really nice trout I caught. Uh, it took me a while. It took me a while to get on a fish. Um, they were biting, but you know you don't fly fish for a while, and you really lose the feel. There's a certain feel you gotta have to get those fish, and it's not like a bass where you just hook set it and you bring them in. You know, you really gotta yeah. finesse them. And I lost that finesse, so I'm getting frustrated. I'm getting just in. You know, I'm getting mad. I'm not fun out there. Usually, we're out there, we're talking, we're having a good time. I'm quiet. I'm just <laughs> working my line. Um. Eventually, my buddy, he runs that. Uh, he runs uh, Sportsman's Lodge. He's like, hey, you know, um, I don't want you to get skunk, buddy, but 30 minutes, I got to go back. You know, I, we've got to go. I got to take care of the, the store and stuff. I'm like, all right. So I'm out there. And eventually, I get a bite. And it's a good one. Like, he's, this trout is on there. So I'm getting, I'm getting. And he's still out there, and I'm terrified I'm going to lose it. So what do I do? I, don't, I forgot my net. I don't have my net on me. What do I do? I grab my rod. And I just zing this poor trout onto <laughs> earth. I just take it and go. He stays serious? on by the great yeah, by the grace of God, he stays on. He gets hooked and he just gets yanked out of the water. Because <laughs> I'm not even I don't fly fish, so aren't aren't fly fishing hooks like tiny? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And so you just yeeted him out of the water. He was on there good. Okay. It was a, honestly I could have taken my time getting them in. Um, I lost so many bites. The pressure was on me to get one before. Like he has to go back to work. I just take that rod and I just. <laughs> we need to, we need to get Mickey to make that a shirt. You <laughs> eating a trout out of the river? Just just <laughs> ah, I abducted him. I abducted him from his home. You made literal fly fishing. Yeah, he, yeah, he flew. <laughs> he flew. His chucks are there. My buddy Tyler, he is laughing. I'm laughing because, but I'm laughing. But I'm happy because he's. I can see him in like the bank. You know what I mean? So I run over there and I grab him, and I'm like, oh, I got him like a football. Like I'm like protecting the rock at this point. I'm just so happy I got one. I got one off the end of the water. But yeah, that was my. Uh, I was. I was. I wanted to get a fish. I don't want to get stuck my first day out there. That's and that was, was I just I got him on there and I was not letting him leave. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, all of the because I know fly fishermen a lot of etiquette. Don't worry. Later the trip, the next day I was catching him the correct way. You know, getting my net, getting him out of there, real gentle. But I had to get a fish. I was not. I was not going to be skunked. <laughs> wasn't gonna, yeah, wasn't gonna go on empty-handed. No way. Yeah. Well, fellas, uh, first off, we we need to. Do- I need to do better at this. Follow, like, and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Mizzou Pod. Appreciate everybody that participated in uh, 
I, I put the tweet out saying, who should Mizzou hire for the next baseball coach? Wrong answers only. And that tweet was seen over 20,000 times last I saw. By far our most active tweet uh, that I've made yet. But I had a lot of good laughs out of that. And, <laughs> you know, Poor Brett. <laughs> Poor Brett. He can't win. <laughs> That's who I said. I said Brett needs to, right. to be the coach. And he was like, well, I can do it from home. So yeah. <laughs> just call in and make a – he just wants to watch the game on TV and then call in when – He's like, they got phones in the dugout. Yeah. Right. <laughs> text, text in his lineup. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with that, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see – uh, kind of the comment from uh, Reed Francois that they're going to move pretty swift in this. So I think they've kind of got their candidate already picked out, and yeah, if they can so. get if they can get the background and everything to line up and numbers to match, then I bet we have a coach by Friday. Oh wow! I bet we have hey. a coach by Friday. I'll give it. And this is. This is Wednesday night. Yeah. <laughs> this Friday is Wednesday COD. night, y'all. Like, so. I mean, you know what I mean? They probably have like a two or three day announcement period. And then. Is Maryland in the regionals? I don't know. If they are, if Arkansas, Arkansas is, if Maryland is, they got to wait till they get knocked out. I mean, I'm sure they could Before inquire. They anything. Right. I'm sure they can acquire. The Maryland coach just got an extension last year, and his base salary is four hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and that's ballpark of Beezer. Beezer was four fifty four or something like that. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, it too. Yeah, we got to keep in mind that if you know Maryland's coach is a hot commodity, uh, you know, like Gates was for us, that money. Do, do Maryland may extend him? You know what I mean? They'd be like, name your price, we'll extend yeah. you. Um, yeah. but we all know that baseball in the SEC is a lot more prominent than in the Big Ten. I couldn't tell you who's the perennial powerhouse in the Big Ten for baseball. Um, right now it's Maryland. They've won back-to-back Big Ten championships. There you go. Yeah, uh, they're, they're playing Winston-Salem pretty quick here. They're uh, in Winston-Salem. In, they're not playing. They're in Winston-Salem. I'm sorry. Uh, they yeah, they're in a regional. They're in a regional, so nothing will get announced on him until they get knocked out or win the championship. All right, I retract my Friday. <laughs> it, it doesn't have to be him. I I'm next saying Friday. that's what I meant. Next the two Friday. names I've heard are the one I mentioned, the one Skeeter mentioned, and they're both still playing baseball. So yeah, yeah. And then Coach Drink, uh, you've got three guys that got your back. We're not bashing you. We're not jumping to conclusions. Uh, we know. He's been one of the most active coaches going to bat for NIL. Why would you want to cut that loose? It's going to help your recruiting. It's going to help you get players. It's going to help your players that you have there that you've made all these promises to fulfill their promises. So uh, your open invitations still exist with us. Come on the show anytime. Other than that, that's about all we got, right? I think so. All I got. All right, fellas, well, have a good week, and as always, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers, y'all take care.